0: Hello sisters, this is Ola Davis with another episode of the When Marriage Hurts podcast. So today, I want to talk about why we end up marrying abusive men. Um, you might have wondered, just like me when I first got out of my marriage, that how how did I get into this kind of situation how did i think i was marrying a loving godly man and in reality i was marrying someone who was going to abuse me like how did this happen to me so that's that's what um we're going to be talking today now i'm not um this episode isn't about diagnosing your own specific situation it is more about sharing my um, experience with you of the things that i've identified as factors that contributed to uh, me making that poor decision if i can say that Um, and in listening to uh, my perspective or, you know, my situation, you might be able to draw some similarities between my story and your story. Um, so that's what this episode is going to be about. Um, so stick with me and I will be right back after this. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back. Yes, so like I said, we'll be talking about some of the factors that contribute to us finding ourselves in the predicament that we do find ourselves as far as marrying an abusive man. Okay. Um... You know, when I first got separated from my spouse, I was very angry. I was very, um, just angry, sad, disappointed. Um, I mean, you know, for years I had known that there was a problem. I had known that my husband was abusive, but for years I lived in denial. I told myself that he was gonna change and that he was indeed changing. Um, but when I got to that point where I couldn't lie to myself anymore, I had to face the truth. I had to face the reality. I had to face the fact that the man I was married to enjoyed, um, enjoyed being abusive. Like he enjoyed having that control. He enjoyed manipulating me. He enjoyed all of that stuff too much (laughs) for him to consider giving it up. And that was a painful reality for me to, to deal with. So when I couldn't live in that denial anymore and I had to face the truth, I was just so broken, so so upset so angry and i started thinking to myself how did i find myself in this kind of mess like you know i was a brilliant young lady i thought i was very discerning um i i didn't think i was the kind of person that could be deceived <laughs> So, I, it really baffled me. That, like, how how did I get into this? How could I have thought that I knew the person I was married to only to find out that that was just a fabrication of a, of someone that never really existed? It was just this fake persona that he had put up, that I fell in love with. That wasn't the real person. Like, how did I fall for this? And, you know, that question led me to a number of revelations that I'm going to share with you. I think the first thing that I realized was that I, I was so used to being treated badly. That I didn't even know it. Um, so you know. Growing up in a family where. My dad was. Emotionally abusive. Um, now I didn't know that growing up. I didn't have that. You know those terminologies. In my vocabulary. I just knew that. My dad was just the kind of person that caused a lot of pain, but he had like this solid reputation in the community, right? Like he was someone different in public and at home behind closed doors, he was a different person entirely. So that was all I knew about him. I I didn't, at that point, I didn't know much about psychological abuse or, or that that word even existed. So when I think about that fact that growing up in a family where I was abused by a sibling, abused by my father, um, and the fact that my uh, older sibling abused me, didn't, it, it seemed like something everyone was okay with, even though I knew it wasn't right, right? Um, but there's, there's a way these experiences shape us and distort our perception of what a healthy relationship should look like And what a toxic relationship actually looks like. So when you grow up in an environment where the people that you love and you believe they love you as well, also abuse you in a way it makes you think, well, abuse is just something that comes hand in hand with a loving relationship. I mean, I think this is all subconscious. It's not like I sat down one day and I was like, oh, you know, my life, my normal is just abuse. No, it's, it's just a conditioning of our, of, of the mind from an early age and over a long period of time that even though abuse hurts, it does feel like one's normal if one has grown up in that kind of environment for years and years. So that was one factor that I um, identified in my own case. Another factor I would say was the fact that I was just plain naive. My husband was the first person I ever dated or went into a relationship with. And um, I was quite naive. I I mean, I was knowledgeable in the sense that I read a lot of marriage books. I mean, I've been reading marriage books since I was a teenager. You know, just trying to learn more about marriage because I was going to have the best marriage ever. But I was still um, naive. I was still a bit naive. So the things that should have been red flags early on in the relationship, to me, they didn't seem like red flags. I'll give you an example. When my husband and I started dating, we were so... Madly attracted to each other. Oh my goodness, it was just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was when you say electric, it was electric. I mean, we had just started dating a few weeks and we couldn't even sit in a room by ourselves without wanting to hold hands or you know, having put his arms around my neck or like there was just this obsessive need for some kind of physical intimacy that I'm not saying that's completely bad or abnormal, but I think in my case, it was excessive. It was obsessive. Um, and I don't think that's something that's healthy. Now, as much as my husband and I tried not to get too physical while we were dating, like when we found out that we really had trouble, um, keeping our hands off of each other, we made sure that we only met in public places. Now, I now that I think about it, it's kind of bizarre, but I didn't think of that as a red flag at the time because I thought that was what love was supposed to look like. I thought if you were in love with someone, you know, you could barely even sit beside them without wanting to touch them in some way. That was, you know, you could blame Hollywood. You could blame romance novels that i read when I was much younger. But, you know, I thought, you know, this was it. This is what love is supposed to be like. But, you know, now that I'm more matured and not as naive, I know that real God kind of love isn't supposed to be that way. Now, am I saying that there shouldn't be any sort of chemistry between you and the person that you marry? Well, there should be. um, But if it gets to a point where it's just so obsessive and crazy for... Lack of a better word. <laughs> That's not really love. That's more like lost. There's a difference between love and lost. And yes, I have no shame in saying that what my husband and I had then that I thought was love was actually lost. I'll let that sink in for a moment because I think that if we're honest, a number of us listening to this episode right now would agree that at the beginning of that relationship, it was more about lust. It was someone, you know, either with their words or their actions, making you feel like you're the most important thing in the world and. That they can't even live without you. And you know there's this. It's called. So in, in the. In the. The psychological lingo. Is love bombing. So. In a lot of abusive relationships. It starts out with a lot of love bombing. Where this person just overwhelms you. With quote and unquote love. Right. We know better now that that's not really love. But they, they obsess over you. They, you know, it's like, oh, how did they even manage to live their lives without you? Like, they can't imagine going on in their life without, without you anymore. And we enjoy that kind of, um, attention. At least I, I know that I did, right? So they overwhelm us with all this excessive show of, um, affection. Um, and for someone like me at that time that I didn't, I thought I knew what it meant to love someone, but I didn't have a good understanding. Right. Right. I was easily deceived into thinking oh this person loves me so much and they're gonna treat me like a queen well I was I was very wrong about that (laughs) Um, another factor that I think really really played into my situation was the fact that I bought into some religious ideology that I don't necessarily subscribe to anymore but when I was um when I was younger when I was in the university I developed a really strong relationship with God right I got to I I was attending um student fellowship on the university in uh, on, on campus and that was when I started to buy into this ideology of oh no you know dating someone is wrong you know you only go into courtship I read um I read this book um I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Yeah. I Kissed Dating. I can't remember the author's name now, but it was like, I'm sure it was like a bestseller in the US. Um Joshua Harris, I think, or Josh Harris. Yeah. I, I, I probably should have looked this up before because <laughs> I don't know if I just lied about the author's name now, but I think the name was something close to that. I read. I kissed dating goodbye. So I just had this ideology that, you know, dating is wrong. You should just pick someone and you commit to marrying that person. And that's the Christian way to do it. I think that really, really hurt me because, you know, I got into... relationship with this person that we didn't even have a friend we 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 were never really friends but i believed he was a, a good guy christian someone that loved the lord and i was attracted to him and i'm like you know what could possibly go wrong like there's no point in so i went into that relationship not trying to get to know this person and see if they would, you know, be an ideal marriage partner. No, I went into the relationship, like, I'm courting this person, we're engaged, we're going to get married, so we're just spending this time getting to know each other, but the fact that we're going to get married is like, is not even something that can be debated. It was... A done deal right from the get-go. That's not something that I recommend now. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with dating someone, trying to figure out if there's someone that that you would want to spend the rest of your life with. There's nothing on Kristen about that. I think it's actually wisdom. Um, I believe that when one enters a relationship with that mindset of, oh, sure, we're going to get married, like that's, that's a constant, you know, that's, we're going to get married for sure. I don't necessarily think that was a good idea, but I thought I was doing the godly thing. I thought that was the Christian way to do it. So that hurt me badly as well. Um, another factor I would like to mention, uh, is, um, well, this, this one isn't so much about why I married an abuser, but more of why I stayed as long as I did in the marriage. I had this, um. I I believe that marriage was just supposed to be hard. That's, isn't that what they tell us? You know, marriage isn't easy. And I'm not saying that's a lie by itself. Um, it's just that I didn't have a good understanding of what that meant. So when they say, oh, marriage isn't easy. It could lead you to think that you're always supposed to struggle in marriage. And that's not true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had that mindset of, well, marriage isn't easy. Everyone has different kind of challenges. So maybe this is just mine. You know, some women have to deal with unfaithful husbands. Some have to do with a husband who is not financially responsible. Maybe, you know, I just have to deal with one that is emotionally abusive. And that was my... That was the way I rationalized all of this in my mind, right? That marriage isn't supposed to be easy, and this is my own version of hard. Now that I know better, my perspective on that has changed. So while I still agree a little bit with that idea of marriage isn't easy, um... The way I see it right now is that marriage isn't easy because human relationships aren't easy, period. Okay. We, it's normal to have relational issues with people, whether they are family or their friends or their work colleagues, it's just normal. If you grew up with siblings, at some point you would have fought or had disagreements. That's just how it works. It doesn't mean you don't love them or they don't love you. So that's the kind of hard that comes with, that's supposed to come with marriage where you sometimes have different opinions about something than this other person has and that can, that can um, lead to disagreement or you know just different personalities trying to to live together and do life together those kind of things can be challenging in marriage um so that's the kind of hard that marriage is supposed to be it's not supposed to be the kind of hard where you're being abused by someone you're being demeaned you're being devalued no That's not hard. That's called abuse. So I think in my mind, I had equated marriage being hard to, I had equated the the abusive um, treatment I was getting from my husband, interpreting that as, well, this is marriage and it does get hard. So I think that really did keep me staying for so long until i almost took my own life when i became societal um yeah so i know that the the factors that i have identified on this episode might not look exactly like yours But I want to believe that there might be some kind of similarities that you can draw from. And this might just get you thinking, getting you on the path of how did I, you know, just getting on that part of trying to evaluate how you got into the situation. And why it's important to do so is that, you know, sometimes when abused women get out of an abusive marriage... And they go into another relationship, a lot of times they end up marrying an abuser a second or third time. And the reason is because they never really sat back at the end of that first marriage to see and say to themselves, how did I get here? You know, it's easy to think, oh, my husband just suddenly changed. Well, the thing is, your husband never really changed he was just he just pretended at the beginning and at some point in the marriage he kind of revealed who he really was so i think women make that mistake a second thought time because they never really evaluated what led them to marry such a person in the first place and to deal with that to deal with that to work on yourself you know if you have to do therapy which i highly recommend to try to dig deep and see that okay um even though i and i ended up marrying this bad person what was it in me that was drawn to them and i think when we look at it from that perspective and have that evaluation there's a way that if if you're the one that desires to still get married There's a way that that's going to serve you in any future relationships that you go into. So if you find out that you have some, say, insecurities, and this person seemed to like just adore you, and that's why you were drawn to them, then it's time to start working on those insecurities. Because if you don't, you're just going to marry the same person with a different face. You're just going to marry another abuser. Anyway, so that is where we'll be wrapping up this episode. Um, if you haven't checked us out on Instagram or Facebook, it's at marriage hurts. Um, okay. What did I just say there? I don't, I don't even know why I said that. It's not, our uh, Ando isn't marriage hurts. Okay ladies so it's really early in the morning here I think I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm hungry or I don't know what what happened but um it's when marriage hurts at so the Facebook group is at when marriage hurts and the Instagram handle is at when marriage hurts you can send me a direct mail you can post on the group if you don't mind if you don't want to do that publicly you can just send me A direct message if you have a question or if you, there's something going on that you want me to pray, um, for you about, please do that. I always pray for everyone, but if you just, if you're just going through something and you want me to pray specifically about that, you can shoot me a direct message. Also, please leave a review. If, if this podcast has been a blessing to you at all, please leave a review. View on Apple podcast. You don't have to put your real name on there. You could put a nickname, but what happens when you leave a review is that, um, it helps with our visibility when people come on the podcast platform looking for a podcast such as this one. It's going to get suggested to them because it has, you know, this review. So if this podcast has been a blessing to you at all, please consider leaving us a review. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's such a pleasure to know that you take out time to spend with me on the podcast. I do not take that for granted. Um, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And until next week, when I come your way again, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he cares about you. Have a wonderful week. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith, who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.